Good morning. I'd like to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn on this beautiful Lord's Day. And what a wonderful way to begin our service with Believer's Baptism. I'm so thankful today that Allie Hill comes to be baptized. Allie, we're all so very proud of you and your commitment to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior. And Allie, I ask everyone that enter into these waters as Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May we pray together. God, what a great day this is. We know the angels are celebrating in heaven over Allie's decision to follow you as her Lord and Savior and to follow through with believers' baptism. Lord, I pray that her baptism would be a witness, a testimony for others who need to make the same commitment. And Lord, I just pray you would bless the Hill family as they encourage Allie and may we as her church family encourage her as she grows in the faith. Lord, again, if there are others here today that need to receive Christ, may this be the day of salvation for someone, for many. And Father, we'll just give you all the glory. Just bless now, God, the remainder of this service, the music, the time of prayer, the, the proclamation of your word, the time of commitment and invitation. May everything we do be glorifying to you. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Those lids come off those boxes. You've never seen such pure joy. This is amazing. As you can see, the children's faces, they are excited as they open up the gifts for the first time. What makes the gifts more than just gifts is the message that comes with the gift. This is the opportunity for a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus, and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Millions of children around the world are being impacted by these simple shoebox gifts. One box can touch not just the child, but the whole family. So we need to keep packing those boxes and pray for the children that God will use this in a very special way. So thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. I hope you'll plan to join us next Sunday night, the 13th, down in the Fellowship Hall at 6 o'clock to help pack these boxes that are going all the way around the world. Thank you for being here today. We're glad you've joined us for worship. Uh, if you're a guest, we welcome you especially, and we pray that you feel God's presence today as we worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that's my uh, wish for all of us, that we would uh, feel His presence as we worship Him today. Those of you who joined us by live stream, we welcome you as well. And we pray that wherever you are, that you feel God's presence while we sing and lift our voices in praise to Him, while we hear the Scripture and we hear the spoken word. Thank you for being here. Why don't you take a minute to greet those around you, and then we're going to join in singing. Praise Him, praise Him him.
worship team leads us. Hear our praises.
thank you. You may be seated. We are so grateful that you have come to worship with us today on this beautiful fall day. We are grateful that the Holy Spirit is in this place, and we pray that you felt him as soon as you walked in the door today. I'm so grateful that this week is also a very special week. This Friday, we recognize Veterans Day, and I'm so upset that I failed to do that at the 8.30 service. We want to recognize all the men and women who have served in any branch of the armed forces. We would invite you to stand so we can show our love and appreciation for your service to our country. Would you stand if you have served in any branch of the armed forces? We want to show our appreciation to you all. From the bottom of our hearts, we say thank you and we love and appreciate each of you for your service in making this country the country we are. Thank you so much. This is also a special time in the life of our church as we have a time of prayer. And I asked the early service, I want to ask you, do you believe in the power of prayer? I believe in the power of prayer. And we know through God's power, we are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And I would be willing to say that those of you here or those of you watching on uh, YouTube or Facebook Live are in need of God's power and strength. Something's going on in your life today that your strength is not adequate, it's not enough. And you need the supernatural strength and power of the Holy Spirit. We all do. And I'm going to invite you, if you feel led this morning, to come. If you're in this place, kneel at this altar. Or you can stand, pray from your seat. Or you can pray at home. You might want to get down on your knees at home and pray. But however the Spirit of God leads you, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. God, we are humbled and we are grateful that we have a church where we can come and worship the one true living God. We are humbled and grateful that you would love us so much that you would send your one and only son, Jesus, to die on an old rugged cross to save us from our sin. How could we ever repay you? How could we ever thank you enough for everything you've done for us? Oh God, we give you praise and glory. And Lord, we lift up Lord, all these who have gathered at the altar, others praying from their seats, people praying from home, people praying in other states and other countries. Oh God, we know that you hear the prayers of your people and we come praying by faith in the strong name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for comfort to those who are grieving. Lord, we pray a special prayer for Mike and Debbie Herod and the loss of Mike's sister. May they feel your comfort and your peace and their loss. Father, we pray for other families who are grieving, struggling today. Father, you know what's going on in our hearts and lives even before we ask. But we come asking and seeking and knocking. And we pray, O oh God, for your will to be done. Lord, I, I pray a special prayer this morning for a great man of faith and who is a committed prayer warrior, my brother in Christ, Larry Demerit, who's in the hospital after a heart attack. Would you bless and heal Larry, God, in every way and restore his health so he can continue to witness and share the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone he meets. Bless him, I pray. Father, we have folks recovering from surgery today, people facing surgeries. 
this coming up week, oh God, would you, the great healer, the great physician, anoint them, God, and heal them and bring them safely through that you would be glorified. Father, we pray for continued prayers upon our country and upon our leaders. We need your wisdom. God, we pray for this important election this Tuesday. Father, many will still vote. Some have already done so. But Lord, we pray that we would vote the way you would have us to vote. Candidates and policies that align with your word. And Father, that we would seek your wisdom and your counsel. And that Father, your will would be done. So Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And Father, we pray for families that are here today that are struggling. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be reconciled. Maybe, God, it's a financial problem. Father, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's depression. Lord, whatever's going on, we know you can bring victory and you can restore peace. So, God, have your way through everything we say and do. And Lord, if there are those here that have never given their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, may many, Father, give their lives to Jesus today. Or many would come back to you, God, and we would have new family members to join this loving church family. So God, would you just continue to move now through the choir and our instrumentalists and Bill and Father, speak through your word and through your servant. And Father, that we might receive a blessing from you and that our lives might be transformed and we might draw near to you and you would draw near to us and we would be changed for eternity. For it is in the strong and the holy and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Psalm chapter 40? Psalm chapter 40, and as you're doing so, I'm grateful after the reading of God's Word, our choir and instrumentalists will be coming back to lead us, and thank you all for being here today, and look forward to hearing you after the reading of God's Word. Begin with verse 1 of Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock, and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, Bill and choir and instrumentalists. What a beautiful, powerful song. I, I can still see George Beverly Shea singing that at a Billy Graham crusade. I'd rather have Jesus. And I hope and pray that you would rather have Jesus than anything in your heart and life. You can't put a price tag on what Jesus did for you and for me. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. So I'm so grateful. Thank you all for leading. You know, I shared a couple of funnies at the early service. I always try to do that to get you prepared to hear more important things. And you know, it was the funniest thing. There wasn't any laughter at all after I shared those. I thought, you know, they had an extra hour of sleep and everything, and, and still they didn't laugh. So I reverted to plan B, which was something, if you were here on Wednesday night, you already heard me share, some things are just worth repeating. Last Sunday night, we had our annual trunks of treasures. We had to bring it inside because of the weather and did it in the cross center. I mean, we had, I think, somewhere between 500, 550 children. It was packed out. It was a great night. I really appreciate the Rainwaters, all their work in preparing, and all the volunteers. It was a great night. Well, I was kind of, I would give candy out a little bit, and then I'd go visit with people here and there. My wife was dressed up as part of the Adams family. She was Wednesday Adams, and so uh, we were there giving out candy, and then um, some folks were coming through, and then Bryn and Laura Fallis, one of our families, was next to us, and uh, Bryn was there before Laura. I guess she was maybe going around with her children, and, and Bryn was giving out uh, Mott's uh, fruit chews. And I don't know if you know the little fruit chews. Um, I've, I've brought what they look like, little Mott's fruit chews. And it was the cutest thing. I wish I had a, a, a camera. I wish I would have been videoing on my phone. A little boy came by. He's about, about like this. He was probably older than he looked. He was this small. And, and Bryn handed him you know, a bag or two of the Mott's fruit chews, and it was priceless. This little boy in full costume went, fruit chews? That's not candy. I've got fruit chews at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I had his voice down perfectly. Fruit chews? That's exactly what he sounded like. He looked so perplexed, you know. I think Bryn gave him an extra bag of fruit chews. So I, that was just so funny. And so if, if you want some fruit chews, just lift up your hand. I'll toss them out to you. If you, there you go, Scott, have some fruit chews. <laughs> have some fruit chews over there. Okay. There you go. Now, what's funny is... I found those two bags of fruit chews on my office door handle. Bryn's father-in-law, Laura's dad, had put them on my door as a joke. So anyway, long story. This past Friday, I had the uh, privilege, the joy of being able to take off to go golf with one of my brothers. It was a beautiful day. Not only was it Great to be with one of my brothers who I don't get to see that often, my brother Jerry, but our mother uh, got to go with us. She got to ride in the cart and enjoy the beauty of the day and watch just how great a golfers her sons really are. But anyway, um, because it was such a pretty day, there were a lot of people out. It was just a lot of people on the course. So we had to wait on every hole. I mean, if you've ever golfed, you know, you sometimes get in a rhythm and then you have to wait. Well, a couple guys came up behind us on the tee box that I know, and uh, I turned and looked at them and I said, hurry up and wait, guys, hurry up and wait. And that's a phrase that we've heard many times, hurry up and wait. That means, look, we're trying to go somewhere, but we're in a place of waiting, and maybe that's where you are today. You're in a place of waiting. In our scripture today, we see David, who's a man after God's own heart, 
who was crying out to God for help for some distress he was going through that we're not sure exactly what was going on. But we know that he was crying out for help, that he was in need. And David was crying out to God. But there was a couple of things. He also acknowledged, I'm sorry, there's a spider coming down right here. Sorry, sorry. I got sanitizer, so if, if you want to shake my hand afterward, we can. I was watching that thing come all the way down. So, sorry, that was, the devil's not going to win on the spider, okay? He's, he's defeated, he's done. But um, what was I saying to you all anyway? David was asking God for help, and in this particular psalm, he acknowledges that his life had been occasioned by some sin in his life. And so we know that sometimes we are victims of our own circumstance that through our decision-making has caused us some grief or pain. Sometimes there's not an easy explanation. But we know that David also was thanking God for his past faithfulness. He was thinking about of when God had been faithful to help him through those challenging and difficult times. And he begins this psalm by saying, I waited patiently for the Lord. During these times of waiting, he was being patient. We have to do a lot of waiting in this life, don't we? We wait in drive-through lines, and we wait in grocery store lines. We wait in the doctor's waiting rooms. We, we wait in surgery waiting rooms. Uh, we wait so much, uh, I can't believe it, but one study shared that we wait, by the end of our lives, we will have waited six months at stoplights. That's not to say all the times we're waiting for the job, we're waiting to find love, or we're waiting for that special someone, we're, we're waiting to make it big, we're waiting for success. We're waiting, waiting, and waiting. And maybe some of you are in that place today where you are waiting. You're, you're looking for answers. You're waiting on God's response. Maybe you're waiting to graduate. Maybe you're waiting to retire. Maybe you're waiting to get relief from your pain, for your pain to subside. You're waiting for your circumstance to change. And I hope and pray we're all waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. We're waiting for the Lord's return. But we're all waiting. So what are we supposed to do while we're waiting? What, what are we supposed to do when we're in this holding pattern? Well, I think David gives us some practical, applicable words to help us while we're waiting. I pray that while we're waiting that we might develop a prayerful perspective. We might develop a prayerful perspective. He said in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. How many of us wait patiently for the Lord? How many of us want things on our time schedule and we want things done our way instead of waiting patiently? For the Lord. Many of us are impatient. And when we're impatient, our perspective is limited because usually we're thinking about self. We're thinking about my wants, my needs, my desires, my life, instead of thinking about what God wants for us. And maybe you're here today and God is wanting us to be patient and to wait and to pray. David said in Psalm 18, 6, it was, in my distress, I called out to the Lord. I cried out to my God. I think about what the psalmist said in Psalm 22, 1, the same verse and prayer that Jesus breathed from the cross in Psalm 22, 1, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And maybe that's how you feel today. You feel like you've been forgotten. You've been abandoned. God has forsaken you. And God has not forsaken you. God has not abandoned you. As a matter of fact, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. But really, during this waiting period, if we could learn it's not about me, 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 but what God's will is. I think about what Jesus, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane before going to die on the cross, and he had his disciples and then his inner circle of Peter, James, and John with him to pray. And he said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. How many of us can pray that? Not my will, but your will be done, God. So many times we give up on our prayers because we're wanting things again that we want instead of saying, God, may your will be done. I do pray for people to be healed because I believe and claim that with his wounds, with his stripes, we have been healed. Spiritually, physically, it can be in every way to be healed. But I also many times pray, God, not my will, but your will be done in my circumstance. May this waiting period be a time that you develop your prayer life. That you do not give up on your prayers and say, God, I know you're in control even though I, I don't understand it. But I know, God, that you have a, a plan and a reason for everything I'm going through. So may we develop a prayerful perspective but then secondly may we develop a purposeful place in verse 2 he says for you lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and the mire and you set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand he lifted me out of the slimy pit what is he talking about a slimy pit well this is imagery used to mean distress. It can also mean out of the depths. It can also mean sheol or the grave. It can mean out of darkness, out of silence, out of destruction, out of corruption, out of depression. But he said that the Lord had lifted him out of that slimy place, out of that dark place. As a matter of fact, in Psalm chapter 30, verse 1, David said, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. Is it possible today that you are stuck in a pit or in a slimy place? Your pit, your slimy place, your mud, your mire might be an addiction that you can't shake. And you've been stuck there. Your pit, your slimy place might be anxiety. It might be depression. It might be loneliness. It might be a, a financial bind. It might be a bad relationship. You are stuck in a place where you don't want to be. And I want you to know God has the power to lift you out of that place, out of that slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. Remember Job? Job was referred to, you know, to have the patience of Job. Job, remember, was an upright man who feared God and shunned evil, but that did not exempt him from the hardship that he went through. In just an instant, he lost his ten children, he lost his, his livestock, he lost his home, he lost everything, lost his own health, where his own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? But yet Job did not give up. As a matter of fact, in Job 14, 14, he said, all my days in hard service, which is a military term like he had been serving in the military. He was saying he had been serving all this calamity in his life. He said, I will wait for my renewal to come. Are you waiting for your renewal to come today? Are you waiting for God to lift you up 
out of that pit, out of that despair, out of that hopelessness, out of that place where you no longer want to be. Even Rick Warren uh, had shared uh, that many times God gives us divine delays and sometimes heavenly interruptions. And then he went on to say, and sometimes he will put uh, irritating people in our lives uh, for a purpose to teach us something. How many of y'all want to say, I've learned, <laughs> I've learned the lesson. You placed enough irritating people in my life, I, I get the message. But so many times we don't understand, but there is a purpose for what we're going through. I also think about a, a little comic. It was a, a Peanuts cartoon where, where Lucy was, was down on her knees and, and she was praying. And then after praying, she got up and went and told Linus. She said, I was praying for greater patience and understanding, but I quit. And then in the last frame, she said, I was afraid I might get it. And how many of us are guilty of saying, I, I want, I'm praying for patience and I want it right now. And so many times God has us in a place that we don't understand for a reason. Many years ago, I felt stuck in a place, in a situation, in a time in my life. And my oldest brother, Terry, who was a pastor at the time, he's since retired, but he gave me a book by Max Licato called On the Anvil. You know what an anvil is, that big iron piece that many times blacksmith will hammer out horseshoes and take a piece of metal and form it and shape it. And, and anyway, in this book were many inspirational, inspiring stories that talked about how God many times will place us on his anvil. You might go through a storm at 30 to prepare you for a hurricane at 60. You may not understand at the moment why you're going through what you're going through, but God has a deeper, greater purpose down the road if you still have faith. And so maybe you're on the anvil today and, and you've been heated by the fires of tribulation and hardship and, and temptation and everything else, and you think, God, you're hammering out the imperfections and burning out the impurities, and I'm ready to be the man, the woman, the young man, the young woman, the person you want me to be, God. Know this, that it is a purposeful place. There's a reason for what you're going through. But then lastly, that we could develop praise by putting our trust in the Lord. Verse 3, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and will put their trust in him. Isn't that great? He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise from our God. And many of you are here, and what I've found, that if we can learn to praise God, even through our pain, he can grow us and do some amazing things in and through our lives, even when we're going through those things that we don't, that we don't understand. I think about that verse that many of us know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. And Proverbs 20, 24, it said that uh, the Lord directs a man or a person's steps. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now think about what David said in that great psalm, Psalm 42, that as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul thirsts for you. My soul cries out for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? And then in verse 5 of Psalm 42, he said, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. 
David knew that the answer was even in his downcast soul in that pit of despair that he was to give praise to God and to put his hope in the Lord. That's what Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon the Lord or hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Is it possible that you're here today and you're exhausted? I know some of you are because you're sleeping right now, but is it possible that some of you are exhausted today, even though you got an extra hour of sleep, but you're exhausted and you just feel like throwing in the towel that you just feel like you can't go on and you can't go on. I want to encourage you to praise the Lord in the midst of your pain and your suffering, to glorify the Lord. I said it, I think, in my prayer earlier. If the Lord never answered another prayer of ours, he's already done enough when he gave us Jesus to die on the cross. If he never answered another prayer, he's done enough. And how should we thank him? By surrendering our lives to him and living for him each and every day. Have you done that? Have you really surrendered your life to Jesus? We live in a crazy world. We're not promised tomorrow. We don't know that tomorrow will come. I guarantee you there are some of you here and you've been thinking about and praying about giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life because it's the only one that lasts forever, for eternity. All the other decisions are temporary. I always have said the three biggest decisions, in my opinion, and you can agree, we can agree to disagree and love each other, the most important one is when we decide to give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. Second biggest is when we, if you... If God blesses you with the spouses when we decide who that special person is that we're going to marry. And third, maybe, is a career. Those, to me, are three big decisions. But you're not going to get two and three right until you get number one right is by surrendering it all to Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Have you said, Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, including me. We all have sinned and fallen short. We know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Romans 10, 13, for anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that great news? Anyone, no matter how bad we've been or how good we think we've been or how much we've messed up, or how much we've deceived others. God knows our hearts. God knows the truth. And he says the truth will set you free. And you can be set free today if you will surrender it all to him and to give praise. I have to confess, there have been times in my life where I've found it hard to praise the Lord. How about you? Even though I've, I was brought up, I, I told you I was taken from the hospital nursery to the church nursery. There's not been a time where I haven't been in church. And the church is made up of imperfect people. Did you know that? And I've told you people always say, oh, some of the worst people I've ever met has been in church. Well, you could say that about a lot of places because where there are people, you're always going to have problems. And there have been times in my life where I've been hurt, I've seen others hurt, and it's put a bad taste in your mouth that made you not want to go because you've been hurt. And so many times it's hard to praise through those times of pain. But we will be blessed if we do. If, if we put our hearts and minds set on the Lord and say, I trust in you, and you're going to put a new song in my life, in my mouth, and a, a hymn of praise, then you'll feel much better. I think about Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We've got to have a cheerful heart and spirit giving praise to God. I want to close by sharing this. I, music's always been in, in our family's house. I, my mom and dad, bivocational, is 
principal and school teacher and minister of music and church pianist. And uh, they taught my brothers and me the importance of allowing music to be part of our worship. It's very important. God speaks to me through music. I don't know about you. But there was a time years ago in my life, again, I was searching for God's will and his plan and his purpose in the future. And I had gone on a staff retreat to Cedarmore. Some of y'all have been to Cedarmore, whether it's GA camp or RA camp or youth week or or many other different camps. I've taken youth groups there for years. Our youth have been there many times. And, and, uh, but we were on a staff retreat. And, and I remember uh, I was serving on a staff with my mom and dad. And, and uh, the pastor of the church pulled out a, a ukulele. And he said, I want to I teach you all a, a new praise song. He said, it's, a, it's, an old, it's an old tune that you'll recognize. But he said it might be new to the words I'm, I'm putting to it. And he began to sing this song. And if you know it, I'm going to ask you to sing with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him. Alleluia. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise Him, alleluia. King of kings and Lord of lords, praise His name forever. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise Him, alleluia. May we pray together. Father, some people are here today, and it was difficult for them to sing praise when their heart is heavy, when their heart is broken. Father, when they have dealt with the blows that this world often can bring to us, and Father, maybe some are feeling attacked today. There are a lot of people around us that have hurt us or continue to hurt or bring pain or discouragement. May the devil not have any glory or victory today, but only you would be glorified. Father, if there are people here today and they've never accepted Christ into their heart, May they be willing, God, to invite you to come in today to be their Lord and Savior, that they would confess their sin, invite you to come in, repent from their old ways, and you tell us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Father, I pray today if there are some Christians who've been stuck and they've been bitter or angry or resentful, or Lord, they have not been able to forgive. Oh God, I pray today you would break the wall down and Father, they would renew their commitment to you. Father, maybe there's some folks looking for a church family. I say it every week, we are an imperfect church that serves a perfect God. And Lord, I pray if some people are looking for a place where we do feel your presence and we strive to follow the Spirit's lead. I pray they would join this family of faith where they'll be loved and accepted. So God, our prayer is that we might come to you today just as we are, that we don't have to go out and get cleaned up and make a bunch of changes, but we'll come just as we are and allow you through the power of your Spirit to make the changes needed. So give us that strength, God. We know that You've been waiting on us. Now may we commit our lives to you. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place. And we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. It would be my privilege to pray with you about your decision. Or if you're watching today, contact us. And it would be our joy 
to pray with you about your decision, but won't you come as we sing this great hymn of faith? It's not too late. This verse is for you. Won't you come as we sing? If the Spirit is speaking to you, don't deny Him. Come. Come as you are. And He will welcome you into His arms and forgive you of your sin. thank you so much for being here today, allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I want to remind you of a couple of opportunities. Don't forget tonight uh, that we still have some small groups meeting, table groups, coffee and connections. We'll meet tonight at six. Our student ministry meets tonight, as well as our children's ministry. I am working on their Christmas program. I hope you'll come Wednesday night. It will not be our business meeting. The business meeting will be the following Wednesday, a special call to vote on our church budget for the new year. And I hope you will join us this Wednesday at five for a delicious meal downstairs. If you can't make it for the meal, then we'll be here at six, having a great time of prayer. And we invite you to come. If you've never been before, we pray at prayer meeting. We invite you to come pray. Then don't forget next Sunday evening is Operation Christmas Child. We'll be packing shoeboxes. They're going to go all over the world. It's a great family event, 6 o'clock down the fellowship hall. There's still a list out there of items that we need. If you and your family would like to bring items, we would love for you to do so. But it's a, a worthy and great ministry. Thank you all so much for being here today. Uh, please know how much I love you, our family loves you, but God loves you even more. And I hope you leave here with that blessed assurance Bill, would you close this in a song, please? May we pray, O oh God, to you be the glory, great things you have done, 
And may we be challenged as we go from this place to do great things for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.